the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host this week, Doug Hauser, also with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and also with the California School Choice Foundation. And he was telling me he's prepared a speech. I'm not sure he's going to get a chance to give it on our, our radio show here today. But he says it has nothing to do with race. Therefore, of course, it must be racist. <laughs> so welcome to the show, Doug. Thank you. Thank you. So I, we'll, we'll talk about uh, school choice in, in a little bit because there are further developments, uh, both good and bad, on the, the school choice front. But we're going to start one, two maybe seemingly disconnected events, but they're really... I think they are connected, as explained in a very good article on The Federalist uh, this week. And I should note that we are recording on Thursday, so we're just seeing as we're recording the uh, unfolding news about what's happening in Kabul with the uh, suicide bombings. And as the last I saw on the TV before we started recording, uh, 12 American service members were killed, and that may end up being more. Plus, there may be civilians, American civilians, Certainly. Afghan civilians killed in, in, in this as well. And, the other, and the, connect, the, the other event, which may will explain the connection, is what happened in Portland about a, a previous, the previous weekend. Some patriots were going to have a prayer event, and Antifa made it plainly clear, they're the Democrat Party brown shirts, uh, that they were going to attack them. But interestingly, the police announced in advance they were not going to intervene. Amazing. And you had this, these rival groups were fighting each other. They, they had armor on, they had protective clothing, helmets, clubs, and even, even evolved into, uh, into gunfire. And in fact, I think we even have a, a clip of the um, Portland police chief, or actually the, it was the mayor, I'm sorry, it was the mayor explaining their strategy for policing. Let them fight. <laughs> Amazing! What a oh, wow. what a, what what an innovative policing strategy. Yeah, non-intervention. And, and it, it and the the point of it, and as is pointed out in, mm-hmm. I'll give credit where credit is due on the, a, a Federalist article entitled "You Don't Need to Go to Kabul to See the End of American Order." It's right here among us. So you have this on one hand staggering level of incompetence in the situation in Afghanistan. We could debate whether or what the, what the right strategy is on Afghanistan, but if you made it a, a decision, okay, we're out of here, we're gone, we're, we're cutting our losses, we're moving on, then you do that, you don't start closing down, you don't close down your primary Air Force base First, right. There's a right way to do things. Yes. You you, know, uh, even if you decide to do the wrong thing, there's a right way to do it that minimizes whatever damage may be caused. You don't. You you let you let all your civilians know that we're out as of a, of, a, of a particular date, and you need to make your arrangements to get out if you're going ahead of time. Because after that, you're going to be on your own. You deal with equipment. You, uh, it looks like they've, when I've read, they actually got the biometric, the Taliban got the biometric data from the embassy there in, in Kabul. And we've seen the lists of all the aircraft events of surveillance aircraft, transport aircraft, vehicles, armored vehicles, weapons of all sorts, of all sorts of, ki- of kinds that they captured now, funded, of course, now by the American taxpayer. Right. It wouldn't be surprised if we were to find out that they are now the 10th biggest military in the world or something along those lines. Well, they have the 20th largest Air Force. 
Yeah. In the there world. There you go. There yeah. you go. And uh, they have attack helicopters. Uh, it's, it's crazy. It's insane. And what you just have to, and, and then, of course, what you see with it is, uh, uh, what's her name? Jen Saki. Jen Saki. Circle back to, to circle back to me. Uh, this is the most. This is a tremendous success. Tremendous success. Yeah, yeah. they were claiming just. Uh, they were so proud a few days ago that there were no casualties. They were very proud of that. That blew up in an instant. You know, yeah. I mean, no pun intended. No, no pun intended. But yeah. uh, I've noticed in the past that Democrats have a penchant for taking credit for things that haven't actually happened yet. Oh, oh this bill will cause the prices of health care to lower. Isn't that great? Vote for us because this bill will cause the price of health care to lower. It never happened. And I don't have the examples off the top of my head, but uh, they do that quite frequently. And this was another case. No casualties. And then in an instant, 12, 12 dead. Well, Horrible. Or even even before that, you if you just hunker down at, at the airport and you don't go anything to go out and rescue your Americans that are trapped behind Taliban lines in Kabul, like other nations, the British did that, mm-hmm. um, like the Turks did that, even the Japanese did that, uh, other countries, but but not the Americans. And what I read was they were afraid in the White House uh, to see another Black Hawk Down situation, which they they may have one. Anyways, right. Uh, so American civilians, you're on your own. The the moral is that to be completely risk averse doesn't actually end risks. It's impossible to live without risks. We're talking about a military situation, but of course it was clear. Everybody realizes now that they should have gotten all the civilians out first, then dealt with the military equipment to make sure none was left behind, and then the last ones out are your military because they can defend themselves as they're leaving. And this is not something that was just figured out two days ago or five days ago. This has been known for a long time. I'll bet Sun Tzu wrote about this, you know, a thousand years ago, Um, but apparently it's uh, gone right past the Biden administration. And then we were talking about Pisaki is that the gaslighting. Yeah. It, in, the, in, in the midst of abject and complete failure, this is a this is a wonderful success. Right. And don't dare call those people uh, stranded. Right. Oh, that word is not to be used. Stranded. Uh, again, somebody pointed out that by that standards, uh, they were still looking for, you know, Robinson Crusoe. So he was apparently never stranded, even though he spent 20 years on the island. But they knew that he was somewhere. They knew that he, he they were looking for him. So he wasn't stranded. No, the definition of stranded, as we all understand it, is when you want to get out and you can't get out and you're feeling left behind that is stranded and that fits those people perfectly and uh, they just the democrats again just generally like to change the words when they can't fix the situation they just want to call it something different so it doesn't sound as bad as it actually is it's, it's, it's not even wordsmithing it's not even well let's let's try to put the best face on it um there was this uh, there was a, it was a great cartoon and had this humongous pig and uh, you know, that uh, representing the situation in in Afghanistan and, and Pasaki's calling over we need a bigger tube of lipstick right <laughs> right yeah there certainly is we know both parties engage in spin you know and what you might call wordsmithing where they try to show the best aspect of the thing even if it's a disaster they say well at least we've gotten 90% of them out or something like that we would say that's spin because you've left 10% behind but this kind of thing we're talking about changing the meaning of the words is positively orwellian where they just don't want you to visualize that there are in fact people that have been left behind or that will shortly be doomed to be left behind and uh, they want your your thoughts to be happy thoughts you know because big brother is telling you so yeah war war is peace freedom is slavery right ignorance is strength right abject failure is wonderful success right exactly exactly horrible horrible so then coming over to portland and that's just one american city you'll get any of these democrat controlled cities and crime is rampant the criminals have no fear of prosecution and portland has been exceptionally bad is they've just they got these gangs of, of antifas run wild, besieged the courthouse for months last year, and there are no consequences. In Portland, the uh, police unit that is trained 
to deal with civil disorder and riots and you know, they were they just quit. They resigned. They didn't quit the forest. They're still getting paid, but they resigned from that unit. Right. And it's partially because we know what the political situation is. They probably feel that if they go out and arrest these people, absolutely nothing's going to happen. They're going to be released without bond immediately. None of them are going to show up for their court date court dates. And uh, so it's all for naught. Why should he risk getting his head knocked in? you know, by one of these violent guys when nothing is going to absolutely come of it. If they feel like, you know, I'm actually going to be taking a criminal off the street and putting him where he can't harm the public, then it's worth it to him to take the risk of physical injury to himself or or herself, the police officer. But if you feel like there's absolutely going to be no consequences whatsoever, then why bother? Well, it was worse than that because the local Soros DA, instead of prosecuting rioters, from from Antifa, they're pro, you know, prosecuting one of the officers from this unit for pushing somebody in one in one of these street brawls. Oh, terrific! Were, yeah, so of terrific. course, so that and that prompted the entire unit to we're we're done. We're of course they're we they're human beings. They're people too, and they're going to respond to incentives and disincentives just like anybody else. I mean, I believe that there. are Police forces across this country, and I'm, I'm from a police family. My father was a policeman. His brother was a policeman. My sister worked as a dispatcher for the NYPD for a while. So I'm from a police family. My grandfather was on the shore patrol in the Navy. Um, so I believe that what we need is for a bunch of these neighborhoods run over, run by Lori Lightfoot and her ilk for a form of the blue flu. And for police to just say, you know, you hate us so much. We're the cause of all the problems, according to you. Maybe we just won't police these neighborhoods for the next week or so, and we won't do anything. And let's see how that works out for you. And we already know how it works out. We've seen the films of felons in San Francisco just looting stores and running for it or not even running for it, just riding out on their bicycle with bags full of swag, you know, knowing that nobody's going to do anything to them at all. And this is the situation that the political leaders, I do not blame the police. I believe the political leaders, the mayors of these cities, de Blasio and Lightfoot and people of their ilk have set up the situation where it's simply not worth it to the cops to do their job. They're like you said, they're they're not only risking physical injury, but then if they actually do something to prevent that criminal from committing a crime, they're going to be the ones punished for it. It may very well. So that so that the, the police so you don't necessarily say we're not going to police, but you're just going to be very reactive, sit back and not you know if you see something suspicious, you don't bother to you don't get out of the car to deal with it. You just you you, you just go on by, and if there's a crime, you come out and take a report and file it and put it you know. <laughs> Uh, what, what did the suspect look like? You submit the report and... Let somebody else do it. Ab- absolutely. I just, just on a lighter side note, I just saw Billy Crystal, who I've always loved as a great comedian, very talented guy, was complaining that some lawn signs that he had put up that were, uh, you know, vote no on the recall were stolen from his yard. And my immediate reaction was, wait a second, if they cost less than $1,000... Who cares if they were stolen or not? I mean, it's perfectly okay for the guys to go in and steal things from stores, but Billy Crystal's lawn is off limits. He voted for the people. He supports a politician who mm-hmm. says it's okay to steal anything up to $1,000 or $950 or whatever the number is, but now he's complaining about things being stolen from him. It's insane. It's insane. Reminds me of another great picture that I saw, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up and then take a break. Is it was a someone had put a Bernie Sanders sign in 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 his yard, and someone else had come along and ripped on and taken half of the sign, and 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 and, and, and had left a note on the sign that said, "You had a sign, I didn't. I took half of yours. I'm sure you'll understand." <laughs> Very good, yeah. yeah. But so the, so this Federalist article concludes, and I think it kind of summarizes where we are. Our country here and abroad is held captive by radical and lying politicians unwilling to tell the truth or face it. Drive into your closest major city anywhere in the country, and there's a good chance it's gotten worse than it was a few years ago. Look at any foreign paper and see that our word is worth a lot less than it was a few weeks ago. Neither of these is or were inevitable. They are the conscious decisions of a country in decline. We don't have much time to put things right, but we know we have to do we know what we have to do to fix these things. The answers aren't arcane. 
it already might be too late, but it's worth the fight. I agree with everything, except I don't think it's too late. Um, I'm not sure that it is too late, but I'm not sure that it isn't too late. The rot and corruption uh, and undermining of the national character has gone so far. But related to that is what's happening in the government-run schools, and we're going to talk about that in our next segment after this word from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9221, Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, Doug Hauser, also Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and the California School Choice Foundation. Vladimir Lenin said that, give us the child for eight years and it will be a Bolshevik forever. Adolf Hitler said, He alone who owns the youth gains the future. So the bad guys certainly understand the importance of using the government schools to indoctrinate the next generation because they're more susceptible to indoctrination than adults who already have a set of beliefs. Although increasingly, I think our adults, particularly younger adults, don't have any of that that underlying knowledge. They maybe have some superficial indoctrinated slogans, but they don't have the underlying knowledge of history, of the country, of how how things really work. In my view, government-run schools are non-reformable. You look here in California, math is racist. Uh, the you know maybe the clearest textbook example of this proposition is their new ethnic studies curriculum in which, among other things, they teach children to chant to the Aztec gods of human sacrifice to give them the power to be social justice warriors. I mean, nothing says social justice like praying to the god of human sacrifice. (laughs) It would be funny if it wasn't so sad. It is. And you're I've helped on it, and you've done a lot more with it, Doug, is there's an initiative coming up uh, to bring school choice to California. There are ways, if you're, if you're a parent and or a grandparent, there are ways you can get your children, grandchildren out of the government-run schools now, and you should do so for their sake and for your nation's sake. But to get for widespread, to get a lot more children right. out of the government-run schools, school choice is the only way. Right. Our, our, plan, our plan, if passed, when passed, I'll be positive about it, will enable the poorest parent in the state of California to send their child to the private school of their choice. And we'll do it without increasing taxes by one penny. We just had a meeting, several of us of the California School Choice Foundation, with the Legislative Analyst's Office, and I have to say it was very collegial. I had expected a more contentious, but basically they just wanted to understand uh, where the funds were coming from, where the funds were going, uh, 
uh, sort of the conditions imposed on the schools to be eligible, the conditions imposed on the students. Um, and it was very explanatory, very collegial. And at least they uh, super on the surface, at least they were nodding their heads and going, OK, that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, so so a very good meeting. And uh, basically to explain the idea of our proposition, it is that any parent will be able to access their child's share of Prop 98 funds, which are the funds that are currently spent on K through 12 education um, and put them in what we call an education savings account in the child's name. As of the first year that the program will be operational, that amount will be approximately $14,000. That's each child's share of the money. And so we've rounded it off and say it will be exactly $14,000 in that first year. And thereafter, it'll go up or down proportional to the average uh, spending per child of the Prop 98 funds. But it'll probably stay somewhere around there uh, with some increase for inflation over time. That money can only be dispersed to an accredited private school or parochial school that the child is attending um, or for homeschoolers who are affiliated with a private school with within uh, an accredited school they'll be able to use it to defray certain qualified homeschooling expenses uh, tutors uh, music lessons team sports tra- transportation whatever is uh, you know uh signed off on by that accredited school. So this, we just saw uh, um, Dr. Dale Broom, who is one of our members, said that that amount of money will actually cover 60% of the current private schools in California. And as we anticipate that many, many charter schools will become private schools and they get, uh, they currently get a a reimbursement from the state of about $10,000 per pupil. They will actually be able to increase their fees and still be under the amount of that, uh, of the uh, ESA funding. Now, the great thing about schools being under the amount of the education savings account funding is that uh, according to our initiative, whatever money the parents do not spend remains in the account. This is not a voucher where if you don't use it, you lose it. This is a savings account. So the savings, if you send your child to a school that costs, let's say, ten dollars or $11,000 a year, that extra 3000 or $4,000 remains in the account, rolls over year after year after year, accumulating as it goes. And when the child graduates, that money is available for their college fund or for any accredited vocational training, in, uh, not even the state of California, anywhere. Um, and they can go to college anywhere. And that benefit if it stays available to them until they are 30 years old. So a child who gets out of school and joins the military and does a four-year hitch and then says, wow, I was the computer uplink guy for our unit and I really liked working with computers. I want to go back to college and get my engineering degree. Whatever money is remaining in his account, he can use it for that purpose. Or if a girl says, I'm going to start a, my own company, I'm going to start a, a landscaping business. And after three years, her landscaping business goes broke and she says, wow, I know a lot about landscaping, but I need to take some business classes. She can use the remaining funds to go back to school and take business classes. So that's the basic idea. And of course, the the initiative is full of protections for the private schools. So the state cannot dictate what their curriculum is, what their hiring and firing practices are, what their health and safety practices are, several other things that might be used to sabotage the program. And we believe in the parents. We believe the parents have the best interests of the child at heart, and they know the child the best, and they will choose a school that is doing what they want them to do which is to give their child the best education possible. And that's the basic idea of our plan. And you have to, it's not just the indoctrination, the anti-American indoctrination, this uh, racist, critical race theory stuff they're foisting on children these days, the sexually explicit, inappropriate triple X sex ed. Just their job that they're doing in terms of just the basics of education is terrible. Abysmal. Abysmal. California has one of the highest uh, rates per per child. In fact, the state of California spends something like $21,000 per child per year, which just to give you a a concept of what that means, that means a classroom of 25 students costs the taxpayer approximately half a million dollars every year. In all my talking to people up and down the state about this subject, I have yet to meet anybody who thinks our kids are getting a half a million dollars worth of education every year. And with all that money, our test scores are in the bottom five in the nation. We are down there with poor states like Louisiana and Mississippi. It's absolutely, absolutely abysmal. It's a disgrace. And everybody knows that just a few years ago, 30, 35 years ago, we were spending one fifth of what we currently spend 
per student, and we were in the top five in the nation. So the idea that you're going to reform this system by spending more money on it is absolutely belied by the facts. And the only alternative is to create a competitive system where the parents can take their taxpayer dollars, because after all, this is not government money. This is taxpayer money and use it to send the child to the school they prefer. We're out of time for this first half. Um, this, is good. this will be nothing short of revolutionary, but it's going to require all of the citizens to get involved in getting those signatures and then in passing this if you want a better future, a better education for your children, grandchildren, and all the other next generation of mm-hmm. Americans. Stay tuned for the second half. We're going to have Katie Grimes. We're going to be talking about the Vax mandate and an insidious law to bring Vax passports to California. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank account from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton. Co-host this week is Doug Hauser. And we're very pleased to have on the line for this half of Unite IE Radio, Katie Grimes. She is the founder and editor-in-chief of California Globe, which is probably the best single source for California political news. She is a longtime uh, investigative reporter and then started this site to uh, to get out uh, more political information because there's a lot of na- there's a lot of national politics. There's not so much in terms of of Cal- of, of California political news uh, on the, on the, on the internet. So what and what prompted the uh, the invite uh, this week is, as you all know, the FDA kind of said, well, we're we're going to give full approval to the, um, uh, the to the Pfizer coronavirus. Uh, so-called vaccine, even though the, they're still doing the studies that you would normally have to do before you got for full approval, yeah. and not, not to waste uh, not to waste any time. Uh, the, the California legislature is moving for vax mandates and passports. Uh, so, Katie, tell us what the legislature is trying to do to us. Well, a couple of things. So, the first bill that I wrote about last evening um, got it from a very good source inside the Capitol, is that a transportation bill that's already made it through the legislative process and, you know, committee hearings was gutted. All the language in it was gutted, and it was amended to become a bill um, authorizing and mandating, frankly, um, uh, vaccines on uh, private industry. So private companies would have to require this of their employees, which is just stunning. Um, uh, I, I'm, you know, questioning the constitutionality of it, but I'm not a lawyer. I'm sure the lawyers are already lining up to deal with this one, if it even gets anywhere. The problem is we're so far along in the legislative process, there's like one week left of session before everything's done, that this is either going to be, you know, kind of swept under the rug until, the, you know, five minutes before midnight, um, or it'll get killed. So um, we'll, we'll 
it remains to be seen what will happen. The other one <clears throat> I just discovered this morning because it was um, introduced, a brand new bill introduced late last evening. It's, it's a House resolution, which, as I point out, resolutions don't necessarily have a lot of teeth. However, they usually are what precipitates some controversial legislation. So this is kind of like dipping your big toe in the water. This House resolution would require or, or compel members of the assembly, so our elected assembly members, to show proof of receiving the COVID vaccine, or they will be suspended from exercising the powers of their office and forfeit all salary and benefits. Again, Hi. constitutionality, big question mark. Um, Katie, uh, my question is, how is such a thing, I see that in your article you called a gut and amend bill. How is such a thing even allowed? Is there any limit? Could they pass a bill saying uh, we're going to require licenses for dog catchers and, and, and everybody votes on that bill? And then they say, actually, it's a tax increase that we're going to use to uh, pay off Gavin Newsom's uh, winery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, is there any limit to what they could do? It, it, it seems crazy to me. Well, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. The gut and amend process, I think, is um, probably one of the most abusive aspects of our legislature. And it's been going on for years. Republicans have abused it as well uh, when they've had you know, more authority to do so. Because what happens with this is the gut and amend process, as I said, is used at the very end of the legislative session when they're trying to cram through a whole bunch of bills. They use the gut and amend process to cram through bills they deemed were important, but they couldn't get through the committee hearing process. So to me, I do not know how this process has withstood um, constitutional scrutiny. Uh, I think it's it's coming to a head one of these days. Um, But yeah, there's almost nothing that they can't so who is in charge? Who is in charge? Once a committee approves it, and presumably then there's a floor vote, and they approve a bill, who is it that takes it and then modifies it. Well, they would still have to vote on it. Yeah, this is before it hits a floor vote, because if it hits a floor vote, it automatically uh, goes to the governor for signature. So this is when it's through the committee process or not through the committee process. Um, And as I said, this one was a uh, transportation bill that was gutted. So it was something that, you know, Bay Area people felt was needed. It was supposed to authorize the Bay Area Toll Authority to uh, create transit-only traffic lanes on the Oakland Bay Bridge. All right, that sounds like a, you know, maybe it's a necessary bill, and obviously the legislature did. However, um, as I said, this gut and amend process, I don't know how it has withstood constitutional scrutiny, if it's even been challenged legally. It should be, but but, um, because this is lawmakers, frankly, Summing themselves in the eyes uh, in, in what they're supposed to be doing. If they can bypass their own process, why do we need them? Right. It sounds like that if they had any self-respect, uh, the floor vote would simply say, no, we're not voting for this. Make it come through the committee the normal way. If you think right. this is actually a worthwhile project, you do it the right way. And the original and that has idea huh? that, that has it happened, has, it has happened where gut and amend bills have been killed. Because usually the gut and amend is, um, you know, imposed by the party in power, thinking they can get it through or even knowing they might have a fight on their hands. Um, But there have been plenty of gut and amends that didn't make it through a floor vote. What it really does is it cuts out the pe- the people. So that so they exactly. no, normally if there's a bill introduced and people can see this is introduced, you can go testify before the committee. You have a chance to uh, interact with your state legislators. But when it's done at the very end, right. there, there there isn't that time. Yeah. You, you see the, the in in, in the D.C. swamp they do the same thing. Is they'll come up yeah. with some bill two thousand pages long and they'll enter, they'll bring it out on Thursday night. We're voting on it Friday morning. Right, right. Yep. So nobody even has a chance to know what's in it. Exactly. Oh, disgusting. That's, that's why I explain in the article that the gut and the men legislation usually is um, being pushed by some, you know, pretty big special interest. Uh, this is this is particularly unnerving, given that um, they're trying to, you know, force, if you will, a, a vaccine mandate on the private sector. Uh, and again. 
curious about the special interest, but because this hasn't gone through a committee process, we don't know who's backing this. Yeah, your article said that, that both labor and business seem to be behind this. Labor is extracting some payoffs in terms of uh, like for, you know you, you, you get twenty four hours of pay for taking a yeah. taking a taking a taking a COVID vac shot, and business is happy to put the put the decision on this off to the government. So they're going to say, well, not our fault. We're just you know the government has mandated uh, us to do this. Right. We we right. recently heard Brad Dacus say that one of the defenses against a vaccine mandate by your employer is to point out that they have a liability if they enforce vaccines on you uh, on condition of your job or promotion or whatever, then they are assuming liability if you have a bad reaction to the vaccine. But now, uh, with the government mandating it, they can say, well, it wasn't us. You know, Sacramento did it. And as we know, they've already given themselves immunity uh, against all, anything, any damages that are done. Yeah, the vax yeah. companies. Right. Right. And when, when we talk about um, business, if you will, or industry in, in capital speak, that doesn't mean, you know, small businesses, small restaurant owners, things like that. This means big corporations who can afford to have lobbyists on retainer. Would, well, the, would this law also apply, though, to small businesses? It will apply to restaurants who have, you know, 15 employees or 20 employees. It would also apply to them as well. Oh, absolutely. Just they don't have lobbyists to fight it. Yeah, it's going to it's almost as if they're trying to cause insurrection and rebellion. Right. I was going to say a revolution. And, and, and it's yeah. interesting because here in here locally, I mean, we have a doctor who works at a local hospital. He tells us that half of the nurses at the hospital are unvaccinated and they're already subject yeah. to an order to that, that they have to be vaccinated because they're healthcare workers. Are, mm-hmm. you know, what do you what, what are they, are they going are they going to knuckle under or are they going to say thank you we're out of here we're going to go we're going to go be a nurse in Texas or Florida uh, I think they um, should I suspect a lot of them yeah I think a lot of them we're already seeing a lot of nurses and even doctors walk off their hospital jobs because these large hospitals again big corporations that don't want the big liability are trying to force vaccines on the employees. We're not seeing this from small businesses, are we? It's always the big corporate giants. Right, because it hurts their smaller competitors. But, yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think if half the nurses and 40% of the doctors are not vaccinated, they should walk off. They should get together and say, we're not coming to work tomorrow, and let's see how well that, op- that hospital operates <laughs> no pun intended, yeah. with, with half staff. We know they're not going to be able to do it. And so the power is with those people. There's many more of them. Uh, the media li- likes to pretend like everybody's vaccinated and everybody's in favor of vaccines. And if you're against it, you're a minority of one. But we know that's not the case. Correct. Half the country is not did not take the, the COVID vaccine, which also tells us that the other half said, yes, I think I want it. So right. we should be just fine, but something else is going on. Oh, most surely because the, the, we now know the COVID vax does not, does not offers no third party protection. Right. Maybe right. it exactly. gives you a little bit of in terms of it would reduce the severity of it if you get the disease right. for about six months. But right. It, but, right. It, but, well, but the, right. go ahead. People who are vaccinated right. shouldn't care about uh, whether other people are vaccinated or not. Well, and this kind of the discussion that's going on in the media is so disingenuous because the only reason you would take a vaccine is to protect yourself. No vaccine protects someone else. Correct. You take a vaccine for you. That's all that matters. That's why I say so. If 50 percent of the country chose to take the vaccine, they chose to protect themselves. Right. Somebody compared it once to drunk driving and said, well, wait a second. It's okay to have laws against drunk driving, you know, but. The answer was, you know what? If I could take a vaccine that would protect me from other drunk drivers, then I wouldn't care about them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Or, as, or, as, or as someone said that uh, you know, I'm, my umbrella won't work unless you are, unless you have your umbrella up. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's there. You go. It's crazy. It's crazy. so. So, is, it, what is, is this? You think this is going to go anywhere? Is are are they going to can they can they run this thing through? Um, while they have while they while they have the chance to get Newsom to sign it, or are you going to have enough Democrats saying, "Well, you know, Gov- Newsom's in trouble in in this state in large measure because of his uh, co- his COVID policies." 
and my district isn't as Democrat as the state is as a whole, so maybe I don't want to be voting for this. Yeah, I think there will be all kinds of considerations, and political for sure. Um, And I have been told by a couple of different lawmakers that there are actually quite a large number of Democrats inside the Capitol, staffers and elected members, who are not vaccinated. Would this bill apply to them? Would this bill apply to the legislature? Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's that other bill. Yeah, there's the other one, though, that's trying to require the state assembly members to get vaccinated. I mean, they're just putting pressure on. Um, So so I think there there will be members who do not support it for, as you say, the political reasons that not everybody in their district is a Democrat. And then there are others who might have some personal feelings about it. Right. And I don't believe that it's only Republicans who are opposed no. to vaccinations or at least questioning. I, you know, it's it's not. No. There are plenty of Democrats who are. Um, is there anything that the average citizen listening to us sitting at home can do about this? Can they call? Can they email? Is there some way that they can uh, influence this vote? People can always call and email their own lawmakers. Um, so you need to know who it is in your district to call. Because lawmakers who aren't yours don't need, by law, don't have to take a call from you. Um, I think phone calls, definitely emails, um, social media. I think a lot of pressure can be put on these people um, because they're clearly obviously not acting in the uh, best interest of the state or of even just their constituents. I mean, this is, as I said, something else is going on here. If nothing else, you've got lawmakers that are acting out of hysterical fear and uh, that means that they're not leaders. Right. You know, and, you know the official uh, Democrat Party uh, policy on COVID is the only thing we have to fear is lack of fear itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. I've, I've pointed this out. I've pointed this out in uh, on a se- the separate issue of dealing with school boards and their curricula. But uh-huh. if they really believed in this, if they thought that a vaccine mandate was really the best thing for people, they should have proposed it. They should have debated it in public. Let's have it out. Who knows? Maybe they would actually convince people if they have good arguments. But no, they don't want to do that. They want to sneak it in the back door at the last minute as so often. Again, I'm going to be a little partisan about this, but it seems like it is the Democrats that do this quite a lot. We're not in favor of defunding the police and then they defund the police. You know, I mean, they do this on on a whole host of issues. If you really believe critical race theory is great to teach kids, if you really believe that vaccine mandates are the way to go, let's stand up and have the debate. Let's let's discuss it out. Right. And what I've talked about during this whole, you know, 18, 19 month um, episode with the coronavirus is that it provided the perfect opportunity for so many lawmakers in this country, in this state, who have totalitarian impulses that they've had to kind of tamp down in the past. Uh, This has given them a health reason to uh, impose these draconian restrictions on us. And I think that's what we're seeing more of here. Absolutely. Yeah, these people never had power in their life, and all of a sudden they have power. These, these, these mm-hmm. various so-called health officials. Let's take a pause here, hear from our sponsor, and maybe we'll dive into the recall and other matters, California political, after this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We are pleased to be visiting with Katie Grimes, the founder and editor-in-chief of California Globe, probably the best uh, source for California political news there is. And we were talking about a proposed a, a bill, a gut-and-amend bill that may bring vax mandates and passports to all of California. And you certainly, as AB 455, Certainly can let your state legislators know that that's not what you want in California. 
Of course, we have a recall, as I call it, total recall. Are we gonna? Yeah. Are we gonna totally recall Gavin Newsom? It sure sounds like it might be happening, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think there's a huge interest, and this is becoming more evident that it is a nonpartisan recall. Right. Part of that you can tell because of the way they keep trying to paint it as partisan. Those Republicans who supported Trump are the only ones in favor of this recall. Uh, somehow that doesn't quite match. Yeah. They're, you know they're getting desperate when they, when they have to say that uh, Larry Elder is the black face of white supremacy. <laughs> oh, God. Tell me about it. That was stunning. But I think it also shows you they're terrified of even debating with Larry Elder his ideology or his, you know, policies, which he's been talking about for nearly 30 years on the radio. And really what he advocates that I think they fear so much is the importance of an intact family, the importance of getting educated mm-hmm. before you get married, the importance of getting married before you have babies. I mean, things that are so basic but so important. Uh, I, and I think the left is just terrified of him. He, he is. His most recent commercial that I, I just saw last night for the first time, he says... They call, they're calling me a white supremacist, and he shows a picture of himself from I don't know how long ago with a giant afro. It's, it's absolutely yeah. a hysterical <laughs> juxtaposition. And he says, the reason they're calling me names is because they can't debate my ideas. And right. that just gets right to the heart of the matter. And they can't defend Gavin Newsom's record either. Right. They're not even trying that. There's no commercial that, that, that even attempts to do that. They just say, it's those January 6th people coming after us. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And anti-vaxxers. That's the one that made me laugh. It was the right wing Trump Republicans and anti-vaxxers. That was like the first thing that Newsom said when he finally acknowledged that the recall might happen. Oh, well, you know, just condescendingly. Oh, those, you know, stupid I, Trump I, followers and anti-vaxxers. I, I wonder when I look at the commercials, I wonder, are they are they just saying that to try to convince some people or are they so divorced from reality that they actually believe that nonsense? And I I can't make up my mind. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, they are so divorced from reality from the moment Gavin Newsom uh, was elected. He and his team, this, this little bubble that they live in are of the political elite. And the moment he got into the governor's office, he even he, he talked over the people's heads. He talked over even the legislature because he was looking solely toward the east with his eyes on the White House. He thought all he had to do was get elected governor in California to be considered uh, you know, for the presidency someday, forgetting that it requires governing a state of 40 million people. <laughs> well, he's a post turtle. Yes. He always has been a post turtle. Oh, yeah. and, he still, and, he, and he still is a post-turtle, and now I think that's, that's kind of become apparent with uh, the results of, of his governance. I, I, I always recommend to people on, an interview that he did with Adam Carolla several years ago. It was before he was governor, and mm-hmm. it's about an hour-long interview, but the last 15 or 20 minutes of it are extraordinary. Adam Carolla absolutely exposes him as a totally empty suit who doesn't know what he's talking about. He traps him several times in what Tucker Carlson called an intellectual cul-de-sac from which he can only get out by saying something like, well, the situation is more complicated than you're making it seem. But it was about the uh-huh. same issues Larry Elder talks about, about the importance of family and of focusing on education, intact families, you know, and how that would right. solve the problems of the African-American community in one generation. And it ends with uh, with Gavin saying something along the lines of, well, that's sort of the big problem. When I'm governor, I'm going to I'm going to sweat the small stuff. He oh, actually God. says that. Yeah. He actually says that as if that is not the opposite of what everybody has known to be the proper thing to do for the last several hundred years. He's going to do it in a totally differently new way. Yeah, exactly. One of the things that, um, that I did before he even announced he was going to run, we all knew he would, as I predicted very publicly, maybe even on your radio show, that if he was elected, if he beat John Cox in 2018, that he would be recalled. And largely um, because, yes, we know he's an empty suit. He's just a, a pretty face in, a, in an expensive Brioni suit with nice hair, um, totally devoid of substance. Uh, we saw that when he was mayor of San Francisco. 
But he was also coming in on eight years of Jerry Brown's policies, and they were disastrous. And <clears throat> while people might have a, a kinder personal feeling for Jerry Brown, um, I think they forget that he was a nightmare of a governor. I mean, I could write volumes on Jerry Brown's disastrous policies. So, but, you know, this has been building, and it's coming to a head. It's coming to a head. Gavin Newsom gets elected, and he's as arrogant as everybody suspected. He's devoid of, you know, any substance. He doesn't know the first thing, nor does he care about governing the people. And that, in, that means, you know, the smelly little unvaxxed people that he so disdains. Um, he, he doesn't hang around people who dine at, say, Olive Garden. He only socializes with people who go to the French Laundry and mustard, you know, in, in Mass- Napa yes, Valley. Of course. So, yeah. And that's the big problem. That's all. That's who he talks to are the people in those political elite circles. We're almost out of time. And while we have a chance here, let us not take our recalls for granted. Nope. You need to make sure you vote. Get your neighbors to vote. This is going to be a turnout. It's going to be really crucial. And you can get involved with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And you can go to our, our, our Facebook page and find out more. There's Rescue California. There is a Recall Newsom 2020. Gavin, we call Gavin 2020. It's important that we get involved in this campaign yes. to turn out our vote. And we might just have a revolution here on uh, September 14th. Thank you, Katie. We are out of time, and thank you for your great work on California Globe, and we'd love to have you back in in the near future. Thank you. I'd enjoy it. Thank you. Thank you. Tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590. The answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.